Silly season is upon us. Trade deadline week is here, and we already have a whole bunch of moves already in the offing. Meyer's gone. Who else is gone? And who else will go along the way? We talk about all that and much more on today's episode of Locked On NHL. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Western Conference Tuesdays. I am Brett Holden, host of Locked On Oilers, and joined with me, as always, host of Locked On Stars, Dane Lewis. Dane, how are you today? I'm doing great, Brett. This is uh, one of those times of the year where the NHL activity off the ice is seemingly more entertaining than the product on the ice at times, so... We, we've already seen some exciting trades go down. I don't really know what's going to be left for us on Friday afternoon, but uh, the NHL always finds a way uh, to give us a little bit of chaos during deadline week, even when we least expect it. Oh, my goodness. There's been, I, I was saying, I just recorded a tra- another trade. The Oilers made a trade today. Shocking. Uh, I was just talking with Gil today, and I was going, I didn't realize it was trade deadline week. It's turned into a whole week here in the NHL, but either way, so many deals have already been made, but there's still a lot of deals still on the table, but it seems like the San Jose Sharks have already set the table for the rest of the league as Timo Meyer has finally been dealt. We will start off with the San Jose Sharks, what they got for Meyer and what they might do next in just a second. But also on today's episode, this is our last show before the trade deadline, if you haven't picked that up already. So today is going to be all about the Central Division and the Pacific Division as to what they will do at the deadline, hopefully at the deadline on Friday, if they haven't already made their deals by then. Either way, all that and much more on Locked On NHL. Thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you find your podcast. Alrighty, we've already talked about it. Timo Meyer heading over to New Jersey. He was basically the big name, the big fish on the market here and he is off to New Jersey. I'll get the details for you in just a second, but before I want to get your initial reaction to Timo Meyer to the New Jersey devils and what that means for the San Jose Sharks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a trade that I think we've seen coming for quite some time. Meyer has been linked to the devils for a while now. I think for starters, it makes the devils a very scary team coming out of the East, just like every other Eastern conference team. Uh, That's, loading up seemingly for what's bound to be an entertaining playoffs, at least on that side of the bracket and the sharks. It's a, it's an interesting return to say the least. You look at some of the names of players that they got. um, And I'm obviously not as familiar with some of the Eastern conference, you know, prospect pools. And so some of these guys coming over from the devil's organization, I'm not entirely familiar with their game, but they get a good handful of prospects. Uh, But the sharks also, uh, get get some good draft capital as well. We were just talking about it before we hit record, and they've set themselves up pretty well with multiple picks in multiple rounds in this year's draft, as well as next year's draft too. So 
it's going to be one of those trades that I think it's going to take a while to see if it was worth it for the Sharks. But I mean, you're maybe going to lose Timo Meyer at the end of the season anyway. So at least you're getting something. Uh, I feel like right now we don't necessarily know how good their return is. But I mean, I think that they did about the best that they could. And I mean, because the Devils, we obviously know, aren't going to give up too much of their NHL roster because they think that they can go deep in the playoffs. So it's going to be one of those trades where it seems right now the Sharks did fine. Time will tell if it ends up being a great trade uh, or just a neutral or bad trade. A hundred percent. Now, uh, the whole deal here is and uh, looking at this deal, you realize why there's uh, seemingly a, a hang up at some point and you see kind of why the entire deal. To the New Jersey Devils, Timo Meyer, Scott Harrington, Timor Ebergimov. I am saying that I am so sorry for butchering that. Uh, Santeri Hataka, uh, Zachary Edmond, and a 2024 fifth round pick. That is all to New Jersey. In exchange to San Jose for 50% retention of Timo Meyer's salary, Andreas Janssen. Fabian Zetterland, Shakir Mukmadulin, uh, Nikita Okatunik. Oh, oh, oh God, can't say that name either. <laughs> a 2023 conditional first round pick, 2024 conditional second round pick, and a 2024 seventh round pick. A big deal. It is a big deal. Now, I am familiar with Mook Madulin. He is a very big defenseman. He is a a, a very good defenseman as well. And I, I, I think he will be a very good fit for the San Jose Sharks. I think he's going to be a very good NHLer. But you mentioned that, you know, they're not going to add guys necessarily on the roster right now. Now, there have been chatter. There was chatter about some of the guys that may have been added to the trade that eventually wa- weren't added to the trade. So, you know what? I think on the surface, I think with all these names, that are 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 going back and forth and all these pieces. I think a lot of people go, oh, that's a that's a big deal. That's a big deal. I don't necessarily think it's a good deal. I I kind of think the New Jersey Devils got away with a really good deal here. Not many of these guys, Andreas Janssen, Little up and down is what it is. Fabian Zetterland, also one of those decent guys as well. And I mentioned Mook Medulin. Now, we saw the quote from Julian Buizbois this this week saying that, oh, if you're not going for the Stanley Cup or if you're going to win the Stanley Cup, those draft picks aren't going to help you win the Stanley Cup tomorrow, whatever, along those lines. And I think that's kind of what's fading everybody here. I mean, the, the, the San Jose sharks are getting a first, a second and a seventh, but really look at the haul that the devils also brought in. Plus probably the top player at this year's deadline. I don't know. Am I kind of out to lunch here? Or do you think most people are wearing the rose colored glasses? Yeah, I, I think I think there's certainly some truth to what you're saying. I think it certainly kind of feels underwhelming, at least on the Sharks end, kind of the more you look at it, really outside of the picks. But again, you kind of touched on it. Those picks aren't going to be the instant solution. Some of those guys are going to get drafted and we might not even see them in the NHL for a season or two. And, and so you kind of would maybe want a little bit more 
hope, I guess, offered because, I mean, things in San Jose have not been great over the past few years. And obviously they knew what this season was going to be, where they were going to be in the Bedard sweepstakes. And I think, you know, if you end up getting him, which you're competing with a lot of other teams for that, that maybe is a little bit of a consolation prize. But I mean, you're going to give up a guy like Meyer, who was a bright spot on a bad team, who now is going to potentially be gunning for a Stanley Cup. And I mean, you, you say it, a lot of these prospects, and I, I trust what you have to say on them, seem to be up and down. And I mean, are they going to be a big part of the future? Or is this just, you know, New Jersey giving up what they can in order to add to their arsenal? And I, I feel like that's kind of where this is at, is New Jersey was willing to part ways with a lot of prospect pieces in return for a guy that's really going to push them over the edge. Yeah. And San Jose is just kind of left, not empty-handed, obviously, but thinking that they probably could have gotten more. And so I really what I've seen on social media, uh, Twitter, things like that is Sharks fans feel fairly underwhelmed and aren't too thrilled for what they got while also losing a, a fan favorite player. Huh. Interesting. No, and, and they're in two different parts of, of their rebuild or where they are in their organization. So could be uh, different, different valuations. Uh, quickly, there is another player that uh, is potentially on the move uh, maybe in Eric Carlson. However, there were some comments made by both Eric Carlson and Mike Greer recently kind of throwing cold water on those uh, conversations. Eric Carlson basically saying, yeah, it'd be weird for Mike to come to me now and ask me to waive my no trade clause. He would also go on to say that it's difficult for him to be in the spot that he's in his career with the team that he's on. So maybe mixed signals, but probably not. Dane, what do you think is going on with Eric Carlson? Yeah, I've seen those reports too. And he's saying that he hasn't been asked to move the no or waive the no move clause that he hasn't really, you know, seen a lot of traction in terms of him getting moved. And I think part of it is one, there's not a lot of teams, especially now that, you know, a lot of the big moves have been made. We've seen Horvat get dealt. Uh, we've now seen Timo Meyer get dealt. We've seen guys from the Blues get sent out to the Eastern Conference. Uh, I mean, there's not too many teams out there left that can afford to add Eric Carlson with his term and with the the cost of his contract, uh, $11.5 million cap hit up until 2027. And so I think from the Sharks' perspective, they know that they're probably not going to get many offers and even the ones that they could get might not be the best returns. And so I think if you're... Mike Greer in your ear in the situation, you say, maybe we hold on to Carlson at least through the end of this season. Maybe he wins the Norris Trophy. It's a bright spot, again, for Sharks fans who have sat through a, a pretty sad season, to say the least. And then maybe in the offseason, you look to make some sort of move. Uh, the cap allegedly is going to go up, although that might not help too much, again, with the size of the cap hit here. But yeah, I, I, I personally am now not really expecting him to get dealt, although that would be uh, quite the surprise if we get to, you know, late right to the last second of the deadline and then we see headlines of Carlson getting traded I think it could be a an internet breaking trade but I don't necessarily see it happening isn't that just what we need for Friday though let's be real True. here <laughs> yes. like, yeah, we've had Myers gone Pugliarvi got traded today I mean you're getting all these names getting crossed off Bo Horvat was traded what a month ago you're going what's going to be left for Friday wouldn't that be great either way let's talk about the strategies for Friday 
or at least that's the point or the hope for Friday with the central division teams. It's kind of tee up some of the strategies that each team in the, at least the contending teams at the most, uh, what they will be doing by Friday. We will talk about that in just a second, but first today's episode is brought to you by built bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you gotta try Built Bar. We're just getting through it. February's about to end here. Today's the last day of February. Wow, shocking. But we're getting through February. Now our New Year's resolutions are poking our, their heads out going, you remember about me? You remember, remember me? Now, uh, for me, it was all about healthy eating. And I wanted to do that without sacrificing Taste, that is the most important thing, right? I mean, taste, you got you got to have taste. Uh, that's why you eat. Either way, healthy is actually a tasty with Built Bar. Seriously, it is so delicious, you won't think it is good for you. And it is perfect for that New Year's resolution that's still rearing its ugly head. But what makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, it's probably the, the fact that they use 100% real chocolate. Yes, real chocolate, plus they have a whole bunch of undeniably delicious flavors. I'm talking churro. I'm talking peanut butter brownie. I'm talking coconut almond. They got, oh, hmm. I'm drooling already. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Either way, if you're close to a Sam's Club or a Walmart, you can grab a 13 box without with all of their hit flavors. Excuse me, not without. They're going to have all of the hit flavors. Either way, brownie, batter, churro. Either way, you can thank me later. Alrighty, let's talk about the NHL trade deadline. The NHL trade deadline is Friday, March 3rd. So you can join us live on NHL, uh, locked on NHL's YouTube, excuse me. We are going to be live from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time. So that is 12 to 2 Mountain Time and 11 to 1 Pacific Time. And I've left out the Central because I don't know why I did that. What time is that, Central? Um, we're, wait, say, say the times again. I was trying to do the math as well. What, what <laughs> is the Eastern PM. time? Two to four. Two to PM four. Oh, so that's a uh, two Eastern time one. That'd be one central time. So one to three central time. There we go. <laughs> We're figuring it out on the fly here. Either way, join uh, all the locked on hosts as they break down the biggest deals from across the league. I shall be there. I'm go. I I love the deadline. You gotta love the deadline. I don't know. It's all about me, right? <laughs> no, That's right. Kidding. You're you're the you're the money maker on the on the deadline show. I'm sure. So oh, <laughs> either way, locked on podcast network. Your team every day that is friday on the locked on nhl youtube channel Alrighty, let's get into the central division as things are pretty muddled in the central division very up and down we talked about how hot the jets were for a very long time and then they're third now in the division they were fighting for first the pacific division isn't any better we'll get to the pacific division to wrap up today's episode but central division is wide open dane you are our expert right now on the central division what the heck is going on first of all <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of chaos right now. And obviously, we've seen the Blues send off a bunch of people. They've they've kind of sent off not the last piece of that 2019 championship team, 
but I guess that was over the weekend. We saw um, Barbashev, Ivan Barbashev, head to Las Vegas in exchange for Zach Dean. So now we've seen Barbashev, O'Reilly, Tarasenko all get moved on uh, or moved out of St. Louis. Uh, and there were the rumors last week that we talked about a little bit that they might be interested in Timo Meyer. That dream, obviously, now long gone. Uh, but I think the Blues are still in an interesting position as they've now acquired some some decent draft capital prospects, things of that nature. Looking towards the future are the St. Louis Blues, the Winnipeg Jets make a move with the Nashville Predators. That how they acquire Nino Niederreiter. So now Niederreiter's been on the move for a while now as he just arrived in Nashville, but now he's moved to a different Central Division team with playoff aspirations. But speaking of Nashville, I, th- I think this is one of the more peculiar moves that we kind of touched on before we started recording. The Tanner Janot deal, where he gets sent to Tampa Bay. I- I'm looking at this return, and it's wild to me, just given... I mean, I don't think Tanner Janot's a bad player, but his numbers in Nashville this season, 56 games played, five goals, nine assists, 14 points in total. He was a 41-point scorer last season, so we know that there's potential there. Hasn't really shown itself on the ice this season. But in return for Janot, Nashville gets Cal Foot, a 2023 third and fourth round pick and fifth round pick and a 2024 second round pick and a first round pick in 2025 that is conditional. Are, are you on the same page as me? Did you think that was a kind of a ridiculous return? Uh, what, what were your thoughts when you saw that trade? Dane, I want you to name this player. <laughs> 58 games played this season. Five goals. Nine assists, 14 points. The exact same line as <laughs> Janot. Can you name that player for me? Oof. Is it a Western Conference player? He is. He is, in fact. Oh, man. Ah, oh, man, I'm being put on the spot now. I, I, I mean, I, I almost would guess Jesse Pugliarvi, but I know he's also been dealt recently uh, to the Eastern Conference. So I'm, I'm going to... I'm, I'm going to tap out on this one. I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but I'm sure I'm going to feel dumb once you say the name. <laughs> no, you know what? You're 100% right. It is Yesapoli RV. Yesapoli oh. RV was just traded <laughs> for a prospect. One prospect. Tanner Janot <laughs> was traded for a first round pick. What? A second round pick. What? A third round pick. What? a fourth round pick, what? And a fifth round pick. Stone Cold Steve Austin, everybody. What? <laughs> and, oh, Cal Foot. Sorry, by the way, Cal Foot, who was a, a fantastic prospect. Are you kidding me? Like, and was- that, that first round pick is top 10 protected in 2025. <laughs> like, are you? Uh, that is <laughs> horrendous. Horrendous. The, and I mentioned the breeze ball quote earlier in this episode, and I sit here and go, why? Because all these contending teams sit there and look at that deal and go, why, why, why is the price for a player who's making for or producing 14 points this year? 14 points. Now, yes, I understand. He got on a little bit of a hot streak last year and scored 20 goals. I get it. You know what? Yes, a Pugliarvi scored 14 a couple of years ago. Nah, like, in, what is what is happening here? I, he has had, and I know they are very notorious, the, the Lightning are, with um, uh, setting up players or developing players or depth players look at uh nick paul and Hagel and whatever all the examples we can go through 
I just, it's not even the fact that I think Janot is a good player. It's just, you sit here and go, why is that the price? And now you got to, like, you mentioned the Central Division. Look at the the trade that Nino Niederreiter was acquired for. A second round pick. You mean a, a guy who's actually producing this year, who's going from a team in the Central Division to a team in the Central Division. And it's a good deal. It's a deal that the the Jets needed to make. And I, 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 by the way, I need to put my right hand up. I said they were in third. They are currently in a wild card spot, which is wild to me. But that is more proof to the fact that they needed to make that deal. And what mm. did they do? They sent a second round pick for a guy who's producing. The 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 Lightning sent the entire like if you were to play NHL 2007 right now, that's your entire draft. Like they only <laughs> had five rounds in that thing. Now you you sit here and you take everything away for Tanner. You know, I, I just uh, it, it's it, what it also does too is they have the the Nashville Predators also have Matthias Ekholm who's mm-hmm. sitting here, who's going to be getting moved. And now you're talking about a 32-year-old defenseman, very good defenseman, who I think has very underrated puck-moving capabilities as well. They're asking, at least on the surface, for first two first-round picks. Two first-round picks, at least. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a crazy move. And, I mean, Tampa, I think, pay, overpaid for Janot, but... If you're a Nashville Predators fan, I think you're very pleased with how this deadline has gone so far because you're maybe going to make the playoffs, maybe not. I think not likely given some of the other wildcard teams ahead, but you, you've built yourself some nice capital for the future. And I think, and obviously, uh, this plays into it too. I think we'd be talking about this if it wasn't trade deadline week, but now there's going to be a change at general manager over the mm-hmm. summer. Barry Trotz is going to be taking over the show. I'm sure he's excited to see all of this coming in. I mean, a second round pick in exchange for Nino Niederreiter. And of course that entire package for uh, Janot as well. I mean, things aren't necessarily great right now in Nashville. They could be a lot worse, but I, I think the predators and the blues are making moves now that is going to help them later on in the future, hopefully uh, in, in those fan bases eyes, be good teams and be good teams for a consistent amount of time over several years. And, and so it, it's, Interesting that that Tampa made that move. I'm sure there will be some discussion on that throughout the week on Eastern Conference episodes here, as well as on uh, Locked on Lightning, I'm sure. But I mean, the Predators, not the only team making moves. We've seen the Dallas Stars make an acquisition. Uh, Evgeny Dodonov coming from Montreal in exchange for Denis Gurionov. And, and Chicago, of course, making some moves as well. Still no move for Patrick Kane, but I imagine he's going to get dealt to the Rangers at some point this week. Yeah, let's just check our phones, make sure he hasn't been <laughs> during. Uh, nope, no, so nope, far, so far, so good. Uh, just before we move on to the Pacific Division, I do want to talk about, just quickly, we'll do kind of rapid fire on uh, three teams here, and those are the three teams who are currently sitting in the top spot in the Central Division. We'll start off with the team in third, Minnesota. What do you think the Minnesota Wild need to do at the deadline? Uh, if they're needing to add anything, it's probably some more scoring. I know that that's kind of been an issue for them as of late. Uh, I know they were involved in that Boston and Washington trade for uh, Orloff and Hathaway. A very messy trade. Lots of pieces there. Um, they haven't really done a ton. And they, and they were involved in the O'Reilly deal as well. I mean, they've been kind of the middleman in a lot of these bigger trades. 
I don't really know what moves we're going to see them make in terms of big splashes, especially now that a lot of the big names are gone. I'm not really sure who they're going to go after, but I imagine they're going to look to add some sort of scoring depth at the deadline. Interesting. A team that we talked about, uh, potentially you should watch out for, the Colorado Avalanche, who are increasingly getting healthier. What do you think the uh, increasingly getting healthier Colorado Avalanche will do, if they will do anything? That's the thing. I mean, they're the defending Stanley Cup champions. Do they need to do anything? I I don't really know what else much more they need to do. I think their goaltending's good. I think they're going to continue to get healthier. I know they've made some small moves. They got Jack Johnson from Chicago a couple days ago. Uh, they've acquired Keith Kincaid as well from Boston. I mean, just these small little moves. I think Kel McCarr is eventually going to come back and be really good for them. Uh, obviously, their captain, Gabe Landeskog, still isn't back yet. But once he's back, that's going to be a shot in the arm for the team. I don't expect any big moves from, from the Avs from here on out just given you know what they have. And again, they are the defending Stanley Cup champions and they're playing really well right now, even without some of those aforementioned players as they are very, very close to overtaking first in the division from Dallas. It is going to be uh, shocking, a shocking uh, deadline here. I am leaving the best team for last in the central division here. Fingers crossed. (laughs) (laughs) The Dallas stars. Now uh, we talked about last week that potentially they might be in for Patrick Kane that aged like fine wine, baby, but (laughs) most things do anyways. Uh, But it seems like they need a score. What do you think they need? Yeah, well, I think they're they're off to a good start making the move for Evgeny Dodonov, Dennis Gurionov, not having a great season in Dallas. So it's a one for one trade. And Dodonov, not a great season in Montreal, only four goals in about 50 games up there. So it's just your classic change of scenery trade. The Stars actually gain some cap space, about $400,000, uh, because Montreal retains half of Dodonov's salary. And Dodonov scored on Monday night in his Dallas Stars debut against the Canucks. So things already are off to a good start with that deal. But the Stars do have some cap space left. I expect them to make some sort of other move. I think that they'll go defensemen. Uh, Jacob Chikrin, at least according to Twitter, still hasn't been dealt. I know that's a little bit of a long shot uh, given the the cap space situation, but he's a guy that I think the Stars could not only trade for now, I think they would look to keep him long term if they can acquire him. So I expect any other move that the Stars make to be defensive minded, uh, although I guess they could maybe still go out and get like a Max Domi from Chicago or some other form of depth forward. Mm, I like it. I like it. Hey, and no more trade deadline drama. For Evgeny Dodonov, if you don't remember yes. last year. <laughs> yes. it, it is official. He has played a game in Dallas. So yeah. <laughs> no, no take backsies now, Montreal. No take backsies. <laughs> exactly. Alrighty, we talked enough about the Central. Let's move on to the Pacific. We will talk about the Pacific Div- the Pacific Division. There we go. Words are fun today. We'll talk about the Pacific Division in just a second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started using AG1 because I wanted to better my gut health, optimize my immune system, and I wanted to do so without taking a whole bunch of pills and supplements every day. And that is exactly what I get with AG1. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, 
probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all of the things. All of the things. All while still tasting great. Plus, it's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it is all good for you. Plus, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. Again, all while still tasting great. And it costs less than $3 a day. You are investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Yes, we're coming after your coffee habit. Either way, Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and is recommended by professional athletes. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That is it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is head to athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All righty, Dane, let's wrap up with uh, the the conference or the division, I should say, that has been shockingly tight and shocking, just shocking in general. This has not gone the way most people thought by earlier this year heading into uh, this season. Most of the predictions had the Oilers and the Flames at the top or the Flames and the Oilers and uh, the 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 Vegas Golden Knights are going to regress and the Kraken are going to suck and uh, the Kings are going to be there though and basically one of those things has happened. Either way, we are approaching the deadline and the Vegas Golden Knights still sit atop of the, uh, the Pacific Division. The Los Angeles Kings in a dogfight for second place with the Edmonton Oilers right now. Only four points separate the Vegas Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers from first to third. And then it gets interesting. The Seattle Kraken currently sits uh, with that second wild card spot with 70 points. And the Calgary Flames sit just outside of a playoff spot, 66 points, four points back of a playoff spot. Dane, let's start off with the Flames. First question is, do the Calgary Flames make the playoffs with the squad they currently have? Ooh, that's a tough question. And I know we talked about it a lot on and off this season because they'll have moments where they win a couple games and then they'll lose a couple games and Daryl Sutter will say something out of pocket and Flames (laughs) fans will get upset. It's just been a constant cycle of chaos. and. At this point, I'm thinking no, just because the Central also has a few teams that are in contention as well. Nashville, 64 points. Calgary at 66. So, I mean, even the Predators could take a jump over the Flames and put the Flames of several spots out of a wild card spot. And just with the way things are going with Vegas, I think they're going to continue to be pretty good. They've now added Barbashev, uh, and they, they are playing pretty good hockey, even with some other injuries on the team. The Kings have just been a constant 
kind of where they've been at, kind of hovering around that second place spot. Edmonton, uh, they have McDavid and Dreisaitl. I think that that alone just puts them above Calgary. And then, of course, Seattle, too, has kind of been a wild card. I, I like where Seattle's at more than I like where the Flames are at at this point in time. So I say right now, the Flames miss out on the postseason. One, just because I don't think they quite have the pieces and everything put together. But also, I think the the, the hill they would have to climb. I mean, they're going to be battling even another team from the Central, like Winnipeg or Minnesota. There's just too many other teams, I think, that have better talent that are going to benefit from that talent down the stretch over what Calgary has. Because Calgary has some good names, but they just have not been able to string it together this season consistently. So you mentioned all those teams in front of the Calgary Flames. So what do the Flames need to add to jump ahead? They have to jump ahead of one of Seattle, Winnipeg, Edmonton, or Los Angeles to make the playoffs, or I guess put in Minnesota or Colorado. So it's it's a, a tough climb here. Do you yeah. think they sit pat or or do you think they make a move here? I mean, if they, I, I don't know what move they could make that puts them over the top because I, I think they really needed kind of a big swing and a lot of the big names are already gone. I don't know if a Jacob Chikrin puts you over the edge. I think that he helps a little bit, but I mean, this team is kind of, I feel like they just need a little bit of everything because their goal differential is only at plus three. So they're giving up about as many goals as they score. The goaltending obviously hasn't been I think what they wanted it to be this season. I know Jacob Markstrom has had quite a bit of a regression and Dan Vladder has come in and had some nice performances here and there. But I mean, is that really a guy that you want to rock with going into the postseason? A guy, both of them, uh, sub 900 save percentages on the year. And then, I mean, defensively, I think that's one place where a guy like Chickren could be helpful is maybe it cleans up a little bit of the defensive woes. But also on the forward front, I mean, who are you adding that's going to take this offense group to the next level? I mean, you're getting some good performances from Toffoli, Lindholm, Kadri, uh, Huberto hasn't really panned out so far during his time in Calgary. I, I don't really know what they could do because, again, it feels like they need a little bit of everything and a lot of the really good pieces are already gone. Now, you mentioned defensemen, and as I'm, I'm looking at my phone, you may notice here, I'm, I'm listening, I'm sorry, but I, I'm just, <laughs> it, it seems like right now... Uh, there may be conversations about Colton Pareko. Uh, mm. There seems to be some stuff heating up on Pareko. So maybe by the time we're done recording, he may be the next defenseman gone. But the reason why I bring up Pareko is because you mentioned the defenseman and the Los Angeles Kings and the Edmonton Oilers are very known to need a defenseman. Have been in that conversation for Chikrin for a while. The Edmonton Oilers have been very obviously tied to Eric Carlson or Gavrikov or uh, Ekholm or and insert defenseman here really um there seems to be a bit of an arms race for defensemen here first question is who do you think acquires the better defenseman and what do you think that defenseman will do to that team i guess also it, it also goes into what that or who that defenseman is too yeah. Is this kind of Pacific in general or is this Calgary, Edmonton? What 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 are we sorry between Edmonton and Los Angeles? Oh, okay, okay. I see. I see. Um man, that's a great question. And, and I mean both teams I think desperately need the defensemen. And I know that the Kings have been linked to Chikrin for quite some time, but I think the Oilers have as well. I, I think 
the Oilers would benefit more from it just because I think they they have that top end talent, that top, you know, heavy talent with McDavid, Dreisaitl, uh, Nugent Hopkins, and, and guys like that. And Evander Kane now back in the mix as well. I, I don't know. Because I, I think the Kings, I, I think the Oilers benefited from it on that front, like the offensive side of things, whereas the Kings need that better defense because the, the goal differential has been uh, in the negatives for the majority of the season. And so I think they could use a guy to come in and aid that defensive group who can help clean things up in the low slot around the crease and make life a little bit easier for those Los Angeles goalies because they, they've had a rough season. They've given up uh, more goals than they've scored this season, yet they still find themselves in second place because they score a lot. So I'll say that I think Edmonton would get more offensively, but I think the Kings would get a little bit more overall because you're adding a guy who can play both ways. So you clean up a little bit on the defensive end, but then also you, you mix in what a, a guy like Chirin could do. I mean, I feel like that's the biggest guy left out there on the market especially for defensemen. But even if it is another guy, I know uh, Luke Shen from Vancouver has been in some conversations. I, I think the Kings have a little bit more to gain overall because the Oilers have done a pretty decent job at, at helping their goalies out, uh, at least more to an extent than, than what the Los Angeles Kings have done. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think that's more because the Oilers score five goals a game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <And> <laughs> that, that tends to happen when you have two of the best goal scorers on the planet <laughs> on your team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. By the way, yes, a RV has been traded by the Edmonton Oilers today in his career. 317 games played, 51 goals, 61 assists, 112 points so far this year. Connor McDavid in 61 games has 50 goals, 61 assists. 111 points. I, I, that's not supposed to be a shot to yes, a play RV. That is more just saying how impressive. Connor McDavid has been, but I do mm. bring up Yesapuli RV for a reason. He has been traded. The Edmonton Oilers did trade him for uh, Patrick Puistola. Now, Puistola, a new name for a lot of people in Edmonton, was a third round pick in uh, the 73rd overall in 2019. But the, the big thing, the big reason why this deal is important is because that clears up $3 million in cap space for the Edmonton Oilers. Now, I think it's a great deal for uh, Carolina and more specifically for Pugliarvi. Get out of Edmonton. He's going to play with Sebastian Ajo again, where he's had success as well. But we talk about defensemen. It kind of makes things a little more appetizing for the Edmonton Oilers when you're sitting there going, hmm. Well, now we have $3 million in cap space. There's also now the NHL has sent out a memo about acquiring guys like Adam Henrique or Gustav Nyquist, who are currently on LTIR and is looking like they will return around the playoffs. But they say they're going, the NHL is going to monitor those situations carefully. Maybe if you dealt with it when Tampa Bay was doing it, we wouldn't be in the situation. But either way, That is also a possibility for the Oilers. They have sniffed around Gustav Nyquist a little bit here. And what I'm curious about is if the Edmonton Oilers were to acquire Gustav Nyquist, tuck him away on LTIR, then you add even more LTIR to the Edmonton Oilers. Then you get that $3 million as well from the cap space in the SFPLRV deal. I think the Edmonton Oilers might be up for a little bit more than than people expect, especially with that deal. Now, Ken Holland has gone live and said on Tuesday that he is willing to part with a first-round pick 
for a rental. So we shall see if that is the case with the Edmonton Oilers. Let's wrap up with this. Now, Vegas is very good. They also have a bunch of LTIR. Um, they, I wonder if they look at a goalie too, potentially with some of their ish, uh, injury issues. Wonder if they look at scoring or just a straight up uh, 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 replacement for Mark Stone. But either way, if the Edmonton Oilers do acquire, let's just say Jacob Chikrin. Dane, do you think the Edmonton Oilers become the favorite in the Western Conference? And I don't say that because I have an Oilers jersey over my right shoulder, a pulley RV jersey. <laughs> as I kiss that goodbye, sweet prince, uh, to uh, over my left shoulder in a Brzezgalov jersey. As you can tell, I like insecure players or obscure players. Um, I don't say that because of that. I say that because you mentioned Connor McDavid, Leon Drysettle, and the scoring. Do the Oilers become the favorite in the Western Conference with Jacob Chikrin? Well, it's tough to say, and and I I don't want to say no, but the West is just so weird right now, where it feels like no one is really like performing in a way like like we're seeing out East, where you're like this is the definitive best team in the West because mm-hmm. the Stars are on a little bit of a slump right now. Colorado is maybe an argument right there because they they've won six in a row, but everyone else is just kind of like treading water right now. <laughs> Whereas like this is a prime opportunity for a team to rack up some wins and run away with the the conference and whatever division they're in. Mm. And and I think an addition like Chikrin to Edmonton certainly would, would at least give the Oilers that opportunity. And it's just a matter of, can they take advantage of it? And I think that goes for any team that adds Jacob Chikrin and any other team that makes a move from now up until Friday. And that includes the stars, uh, the avalanche, whether they make moves or not, Minnesota, and even the teams out, out in the Pacific. I think Vegas, if they, you know, they have like $6 million in cap space. Now I know they were at one point linked to Patrick Kane. I still think he's going to New York. Mm-hmm. it's really just a situation of who is going to take advantage of this opportunity because this is kind of where, where you know the rubber meets the road and, and someone eventually has to run away with this conference and get that one seed. It's just a matter of who. But t- t- I know it's, I'm kind of not answering the question directly. No, no. I won't say yes. I won't say no. But I do think that, that it gives the Oilers a great chance to be considered the Western Conference favorites. I mean, they were the, the second place team in the Western Conference last season. So who's to say they can't get back there with the team they have now? And if you add Chikrin, I think that those chances go up exponentially. And and if you make it to the Western Conference Finals, I don't see this Oilers team getting swept. I think they have a great chance to win. And even if they don't, I think that they win two or three games out of that series. Bringing up PTSD day, and I see, I see where we're going here. Either way, 32 teams enter the NHL trade deadline on Friday. Only one team can win the Stanley Cup. It may start at the deadline. Either way, let's wrap up today's episode. We went a little long in the tooth here, but that's okay. It's trade deadline. There's so many things to talk about, and who doesn't want to talk about trades? So, let's wrap up today's episode. Dane, where can the people find ya? Yeah, they can find me in the same places as always. You can find me on Twitter at Dane double underscore Lewis, uh, talking all things Dallas Stars up to the deadline there, as well as at Locked on Stars Instagram and Twitter. You can find the podcast on YouTube or your favorite podcasting platform. Uh, we, a lot of talk about Evgeny Dodonov and also trying to balance the, our expectations because the stars, like I said, they're falling off a little bit. And so some of the, the content isn't as bright as it once was, but 
<laughs> we, we, we believe over here in Dallas that, that they're going to get out of this cold spell and hopefully be one of those teams that can run away with the West. Everything is evergreen in Dallas. I love it. And for me, you can find me at the real Holden 40. That is on everything. I'm talking Twitter. I'm talking Instagram, Instagram, not Instagram. I don't think my grandmother has Instagram <laughs> or you can also find me on MSN Messenger. Actually, no, I don't think that was my MSN. Either way, you don't care about me, you care about the Oilers, and you can find Locked On Oilers on Twitter at Locked On Oilers, or if you haven't already subscribed to the YouTube channel, Locked On Oilers, please do, as we are, I guess, officially retiring the number 98, yes, a RV jersey. Why? We have Linus Olmark <laughs> over here. We got Bruce Galloff. I don't know. Either way, thank you so much for joining us here on Locked On NHL Western Conference Tuesdays. By the time you see us next Tuesday, a whole bunch of trades and new faces and new places. What a time to be alive. Enjoy it, everybody. Enjoy the trade deadline. We shall see you later.